my favorite like ways to sum up res was like we went shopping one year. Uh, we go shopping and like they usually campers will bring ten bucks. They'll buy a few things like some I don't know just some little stuff. Yeah. And the one thing that Carson bought one year was just a, a thing of catnip. <laughs> it's like the only thing that he bought <laughs> was one. T- the, oh, like that's all he wanted was one can of catnip. So that's what Carson bought. Man, that's <laughs> that's that that's great. Uh, of course, that's when Monty was his volunteer. <laughs> Of course. Of course. Of course, yeah, come on. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. going on everyone welcome to the program it is a breath of fresh life today is episode seven we're going to be doing kind of a uh, summer camp like a camp arrowhead uh, appreciation podcast i guess you could say Um, so that's kind of where we're going to go today Uh, it is worth noting that uh, it is just myself and andrew today brenna unfortunately could not be with us but um, we're going to get some some great content i'm sure Um, andrew how you doing Good. V. Keith, we miss you. We love you. And we can't wait to have you back. Uh, and I'm very excited to get into this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get going, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Breath Podcast. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, you can follow any of us on Twitter if you want. Uh, you know, I think I'm probably the only one that gives out like a lot of sports content. But, you know, Brenna is obviously always tweeting. Andrew, uh, you don't really tweet too much, but, you know, <laughs> you want to do that. Um, and, yeah, you know, I guess I probably should also throw out a shameless plug if you guys want to listen to my uh, other podcast, Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I recorded uh, an episode on Friday, so if you guys want to listen to that, uh, you are welcome to do that. So, um, yeah, I think we'll jump right into it. Is there anything else that I missed in terms of like an intro just we are just ready to get yeah we're just ready to get after it so obviously you know for those of those of you that are that are listening um you know imagining it's probably a lot of camp folks that are listening but uh today's podcast is going to be a kind of a an appreciation type podcast about camp and about camp arrowhead um i think me personally you know well, I don't know. Before we get going, Andrew, do you have any, like, opening thoughts? Yeah, I do. Before I... Okay. Yeah. My, the one thing I was super excited about was that, like, we get to go in-depth about our relationship. Um, a lot of... I think a lot of people outside of the Camp Arrowhead community are like, you know, what is going on over there? Like, why do people love it so much? We can kind of speak to that. Right. And then people within our community, I think they will see you and I are kind of like this PB and J, like just great buddies, great friends, definitely see Arrowhead from the same lens and things like that. So even them, it'll be a little, um, look into our relationship and, and, and our friendship and our brotherhood for sure. Yeah. Um, 
I just, I just, it's a privilege to be here. I'm really, I'm really, really excited for this episode. Yeah, I, I am as well. You know, I think that I've kind of been, been waiting to talk about this for, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, so before we get into like kind of Arrowhead specific, I did, I did think it made sense to, uh, for me at least personally, to talk about, you know, my experiences with, with summer camps and, you know, summer camps just in general, you know, everyone has that, you know, summer camp that they go to that, you know, super special for them, you know, and it's not even just us, you know, I have my parents who, you know, remember camps that they went to when they were kids and it's like any kind of summer camp just really, really sticks with you. Um, you know, for me and, you know, I've been pretty open about, you know, my, my disability, you know, I don't speak on it a lot on social media just cause, you know, I don't know. I don't really feel like it's, it's super necessary, but I think, you know, and thinking about, about summer camps for me, it was always kind of a challenge, you know, being able to find certain camps that, you know, were willing to work, work, work with, work with me, um, or willing to, you know, make adaptations so that, you know, camps could work. And I think for the most part, when I was growing up, the camps that I went to, you know, were great about, you know, being, being open and being like, Hey, we can make this work. I think especially when, you know, I started using the power chair exclusively, you know, there were things that had to, you know, work out. And so I think, you know, one of the camps that I think I definitely wanted to just touch on was the sports broadcasting camp that I did for five or six summers. And at a couple different locations, you know, the people at that camp really made things work for me, you know, and I'll always be grateful about that because, you know, they could have said, you know, it could have been too difficult, but, you know, it was a great experience for me and it really helped me feel like, you know, I can make it work with any camp, you know, that there really is nothing in the way of if you really want to go and enjoy and have a proper summer camp experience, all you need to do is just be open and communicate, you know, and I think that's what me and my family did is we were able to, you know, communicate with these camps and be like, hey, look, this is what the deal is. Can we, how can we make this work? Um, and so I was just really happy that, you know, that camp in, in particular was able to work for me because, you know, sports broadcasting, sports uh, journalism, you know, is a huge passion of mine, you know, really is kind of the thing that, you know, has really been a focus of mine ever since I can really remember, honestly. Um, so I think, you know, it made sense to touch on the the, the camp, some of the camps that I'd done before, you know, I'd done a, a camp, a couple of camps in the town of Wayland that, that were great, um, really made things work. Um, but, you know, in terms of Arrowhead, I didn't, you know, find Camp Arrowhead until I think it was like maybe August, maybe before, before I went into eighth grade and, you know, we had found out about it. I went to go talk with the uh, then director, uh, Tim Flynn, to talk about you know, what camp was about. And I went to go visit camp. And I remember, you know, coming back home after that visit and being like, whoa, like, what the heck is that place? Because <laughs> I just went and they're doing, you know, opening circle and just singing and yelling. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, so then the following summer, I went into it, did it for a week. And, you know, the rest, the rest is history, as they say. Um, but really, the it felt like for years that I kind of was doing this search of, you know, summer camps and what works best for me. And, you know, geez, did we find, did we just hit the jackpot with Camp Arrowhead, you know, really was a 
community that me myself I could feel comfortable in that hey I'm not the only person that you know is walking into a situation where I have disability I'm not the one person that's looked at as you know being different and here I can be in this environment where I'm just like everyone else and you know I think in a in a weird way I've always kind of felt that I want to be just like everyone else and I think I kind of struggled with that for a lot of my early life in terms of my disability that I never wanted to be seen as different that I kind of always wanted to be part of the crowd and not be treated differently but you know and this is a conversation for another day but I think you know as I grew older I started to realize that hey you know this is a part of who I am you know I can't hide it there's really nothing I can do about it um, but it was just something amazing about camp and being able to just go into this environment where I truly felt comfortable and really felt like I could be who, who I, who I truly was. Um, so I know I just talked for about five minutes straight, but do you have any thoughts about that, Andrew at all? Yeah. I, well, I love the idea of like, it, it is, it's that balance of, of being an individual and being like, Hey, this is who I am. I'm one of one, but then also going into that community and seeing like, hey, I'm just like everybody else. And I think everyone has that balance. And I think it's so neat that you said like even with your, like, your disability, like when you do the sports broadcasting, you are like everybody else. When you're watching a sports game and you're bringing commentary and you're bringing light to the game and things like that, like that is a way to be an individual and use your talents towards something that you love doing. But it's also a way to participate and be super in the action. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of realized that when you're talking about the sports broadcasting. I thought that was... I, I, I'm always asking you more questions about the sports broadcasting camp because obviously being an Arrowhead, like I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of what Arrowhead is and, and things like that. But obviously when, when we bring up each other's perspective, each other's point of view, we learn a ton. But yeah, that's sports broadcasting camp, man. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the, just the be who you are. It's, um, it's definitely like you'll see it on Camp Arrowhead shirts and things like that and very much – to the volunteers, to the staff, to the campers is like 100% accepting them at where they are and allowing them to kind of shine. You know what I mean? However that may be for each individual um, is, you know, probably quite all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think continuing to talk about kind of why, you know, Arrowhead seemed to kind of be a different, a different camp for me, you know, was the, the idea that you can be, you know, have, you have a volunteer and you instantly have that relationship, you know, and over the, over the years of, you know, the camp camp that I've done, you know, I've developed so many relationships, you know, specifically with, you know, volunteers of mine that, you know, each of the campers gets a one-on-one and, you know, the very first volunteer I had, Allie Janet, like it's, it's wild because it's like, she's been a part, I've been a part of camp for years and now she actually ironically works at the same school as my mom and works with her. So it's just kind of wild how, you know, the volunteer relationship works. And then, you know, everyone's relationship is different. Not everyone has, you know, a volunteer that, you know, is still in their life in some, in some aspect. Um, But it's just like, you can't, you, you can't fake that closeness, you know? And I think thinking about all the volunteers that I've had at, at day camp and at res, you know, it's like, you have that bond with that person. You have that bond with that person forever. And, you know, whether or not you keep in touch with that person, it's still always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, there, is, there is a type of permanence that kind of comes with that relationship. I wonder, I, do you, I wonder why. 
like I wonder why, like you said, like when it's formed, it's like it's so close. I wonder if it's like it's just because it's such a personal camp, or yeah. because like you can be yourself. Like everyone is like truly themselves, mm-hmm. but you're right. There is this kind of this forever imprint on everybody that kind of goes through there and is is forever changed by the place. Yeah, you know, and I think me personally, it's it's very easy for me to you know be personable with other people and you know want to find out things about people you know hey what do you like to do you know what do you play any sports do you like sports what kind of you know movies do you like and kind of creating those 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 connections now obviously for me i think that was easier the later years of me being at camp you know Mm -hmm. that was easier you know but when i first got started at the camp like holy cow i was so nervous like just like not even sure so overwhelmed with all the things that were going on you know yeah. i mean geez that place just like it, you get fully immersed like on the first day there people just <laughs> yelling and just being so excited you know singing songs and it's just like holy cow this is a lot yeah there's an electricity that runs through that place that um definitely i've never felt as alive as i have been when i'm there yeah not even close yeah not even close and like from a volunteer staff perspective like you have you have a plan you have a plan during the day but like what could arise during that day is just you are on your toes the whole day (laughs) yeah you literally just like need to be prepared for anything 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just yeah, it's just it's just a completely like different animal than like anything else. And it's just like until you actually go and experience that, like you truly just don't have any idea. Correct. Correct. Um, and there's de- it, there's for sure like a method to the madness of like why the staff is so goofy and why they are like you know trying to like have a really high energy like you know, there's a ton of impact in it. And I think like, you know, the biggest thing the staff is there to do is to really like, obviously, you know, like maintain like self, um, like health, safety, all that stuff. But then like to really that third goal is just like to keep and to blossom like the relationship between the camper and the volunteer. And if, if a staff can be super goofy, well then that'll help the, everyone else come out of their shell too. And I think that's what kind of like allows the magic to happen is that, the volunteers who might have just come in there to do 30 hours of community service and then, you know, so they could graduate from high school. Well, they end up finding a place where, you know, they love being there so much. They love helping. They find out, you know, all like kind of the, um, you know, that, that big secret to life that we're happier when we're helping others and things like that. But, um, yeah, this is big, chaotic uh, energy and atmosphere. And, you know, if you've ever taken a kayak around the Arrowhead area and you see it, you're like, I don't know what's going on there, but people are really having a lot of fun there and they're really um you know very electric and i would say that it's very much intentional but i could only imagine being 14 13 coming in there your first day and being like whoa just got hit in the mouth by this culture yeah yeah i mean it's so it's so infectious you know it's like you come into a place where like you're not really sure what's going on but then Mm -hmm. you see the excitement on the you know the staff's faces and just kind of the way that they just are so goofy and just want to get you fully immersed in the culture. And like, there's something to be said for like, you see other people smiling, like joking around, you kind of just let your guard down a little bit. You're like, okay, you know, this is, 
this is a place to have fun this is not really a place where you're like oh my god like yeah it's just like you can just literally just let loose there's so much there's so much trust and safety like between like like you can just be yourself you can goof around and it's like that is like the it's really nice you feel like you said your guard is like up in a lot of other situations whether it be you know especially at that age like going to school being in these environments but like when you're kind of just around like your people and you can be yourself like it's 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 very special and then also just like for people who non-arrowhead listeners like you know we pull every single type of you know individual every type of camper every type of volunteer like from so many walks of life from so many different interests and passions so many types of special needs like it's all across this crazy spectrum of things and it's like it just all meshes together in a way that is so incredible because really the core principle is just kind of like be who you are, help others work together and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for kind of just that community and just kind of like the, I don't want to use the, the word cult, but it's kind of like that where it's just like, it's truly just a, a thing where like everyone has their hand in it. You know, <laughs> even if, even if like you're there for like a week and then you never do it again, it's like you're part of that community. Yeah, I think a lot of people is like the that's by the way hilarious. But um, uh, <laughs> obviously on the record, you know, not not a medical, but um, um, but like the, just the takeaways. Like, I think people they'll be twenty six, twenty seven years old. They volunteered in their fourteen, fifteen, and they'll be like, you know, that was a really formative week in my life, and you know, I realized how much I liked helping people, and I became a nurse, or right. I became, you know, um one a, a paraprofessional or something like that and it'll, it teaches them like at that age like hey I'm really good at you know these things which is like caring for people building relationships with people to help them and um, and they use some of their education to round out the other stuff and, and they you know they launched their whole careers because of the week or weeks or summers that they spent at Arrowhead which is pretty neat yeah yeah and it's kind of uh, amazing to think about the different people that have came and gone from Arrowhead and what fields they're in you know they're teaching they're doing special ed you know they are you know nurses or you know social workers or anything like that and it's just kind of amazing the the effect that it has on people you know and firsthand I'm able to see that you know my younger brother Carter has been a volunteer for a few years you know was, was on staff this summer and it's like to see him kind of develop a passion and an interest in special education just has really really been special for me you know, and it's just wild. Like I never, never saw that coming, you know, yeah. that, you know, I was, I thought, you know, one day maybe, you know, cause he, you know, hears me talk, heard, heard me talk about it for years, you know, and it just felt like something, you know, he wanted to try and never thought that like he was going to pick it up as, as quickly as he did. Yes. You know, one of those people that just like gets it and gets it so quickly. Carter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think just, yeah, it's just, I don't know, something, something in the water in the Lake Chichewit that just makes that, that place so special, you know, or the water up in New Hampshire, if you want to get super specific about Brez. Well, that, and that's kind of the thing is, is, is typically you and I right now, all things being, you know, the, the world pandemic, you know, not occurring, we would be. 
hundred million percent in New Hampshire together at the current with the Bureau, yeah. you know, family, if you would, at yeah. Big Red, yeah. which is the we take. I want. I mean, I know I'd probably like thirty campers. Up yeah, I would say thirty or 30 so. Volunteers, probably a 12, 13 person staff. Uh, we'll live up in this um, this like a hundred acre, um, little like um, not little like a large space and for about a week about eight days we'll spend we'll camp together we'll you know we'll go swimming we'll do just very bare bone activities but like that same magic the same relationships the same be who you are principles will kind of will will make their way over to new hampshire and that is so much fun so we've been doing that garrett and i for yeah eight ish yeah i think obviously there was maybe a summer that oh well there there was the summer that, that you had gone to ireland Right. Um, right so I think I think you've been to eight. I think I've been to nine. Nice. And you know, this year would have been ten. And actually, you know, when they were coming up with kind of the um, preliminary dates, I think you know, I think today would have been the day we've been moving up and being there. Really. So. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's something where it's like, I knew that that date was coming up, but it never really occurred to me like when it actually was going to come and you know yeah certainly it's it's emotional it's difficult that we're not going to be able to be there but it's like you know nothing nothing really has changed you know yeah we physically can't be there but it's like the relationships and the the special moments you know are always going to be there it's true like you said there's a there's this there's a type of like forever permanence to right relationships that you form for sure yeah. However, if we were to talk about just strictly res, as in that one week that we do out of the year, yeah, term, a term that Garrett and I use um, is uh, is res rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some lingo for you. So that's a little bit of free lingo right there. Res rat. What yeah. is a rat? So there's day camp and there's res. A res rat is someone who pretty much just shows up to res lives for res is built for res just loves the outdoors loves just like hanging around and usually like volunteers or staff like when they leave in the program maybe they'll take a job somewhere else maybe they'll go to school for any for any variety of reasons a lot of volunteers or former staff will just come back for res because they can't take you know seven weeks off for the summer but they right. can take one week off and they'll come up for res and so i'm a res rat uh, Garrett, uh, the, you know, for the most part, has been doing exclusively residential as well. So he's a res rat. Um, and there's many others. You know, the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah. Adam Lick, you know, um, you know Monty, uh, <laughs> Mike Lang, and a lot of other people. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we love our res rats. We do. Yeah, we, we are, do. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, we are the few, the proud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty special group, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, it's something else that, you know, I really wanted to talk about was that, so I, um, lasted day camp in 2016. Um, and so for the last few years, it's just been strictly res for me. And, you know, I've become a, a, a res rat, as you say. Um, but I think it's, it's made me appreciate camp and it's made me appreciate res so much more because it's that one week out of the year that I get to go back, you know, obviously in some of the other summers, you know, in 
Carter's been volunteering, I'm able to hear about camp or see pictures and things like that. And so you kind of feel like you're kind of in the bubble, but not quite. And then you really get into it at res. And I think the last few years has made me appreciate res all that much more because it's just the one week out of the year that I can truly just be myself with my, with my res family, you know, and it's there, there's nothing, there's nothing like going up there and getting there that first day and just like have that disbelief. I had this like last year and two years ago that it's like, holy shit, I'm actually here. You know, like this is, this is literally my home. And you're like waiting it. You're like everyone. So everyone's physically on the property and then you're like waiting for it to start. Right. Like, what that means, at least to me, is like a big group or a big event where like something happens or like like just something will just like happen and to me like res has begun. Yeah. The the like, the, the, the jump in a shopping cart that Carson's pushing around and everyone has to go around and feed Ethan a grape and you're like, All right, res has begun. Yeah, literally the switch has been flipped. The switch has been flipped. <laughs> the games have begun, the gauntlet's been dropped, yeah. it's time. <laughs> just make something happen yeah yeah and, it's, and then it does not that train does not stop until the very last day yeah yeah it's it's honestly unbelievable and you know one of the things that i've appreciated is you know being older and kind of or you know as the years have gone on me being older and me you know being the same age as staff and now you know even in the last few years kind of being older than most of the staff you know i'm really able to see and kind of watch the the staff from kind of a different perspective as I've gotten older. And just, I'm so blown away every year by like the energy level that people have from start to finish. Like, it just doesn't make sense how like people like, you know, and I'll use for example, Jack Drew, like he is just start to finish high energy in the last <laughs> few rises. And like, I'll be honest, like, I've not seen anything like it, you know, Andrew, you might be one of the only people that maybe can, you know, do that the same way that he does, but holy cow, like, I've not, I don't think I've met a more energetic person when it comes to camp. Yeah, yeah, Jack Drew is, is an alien at his craft, he is just so incredible, um, genuinely, like, like, he's just not on this planet, um, when he gets in his zone and we are so grateful to have him um but then but just from being in that like just being from that like you've seen staff the you've seen so many staffs at this point like every even staff you know it's 12 or 12 or so people they'll have their own unique identity by res they'll have that worked out like who are we as a staff what are we good at what do we you know what type of stuff were we made up out of and how do we communicate with one another because you know at day camp you're getting you know maybe three people will leave the summer before and three people will come in um people have to take on new roles um and that staff you know every year has to kind of figure out you know how are we going to be the best resource to the campers which we have you know yeah yeah absolutely the, the younger staff you know what they lack in experience they'll always bring with just extreme energy and just passion, right? And Absolutely. then on the older end, like people who are more experienced, they might not be the people working that ground floor and like screaming and making the most noise at circle, but they might be sitting back watching the whole flow of things, making sure that we're, you know, our transitions are tight, we're where we're supposed to be, mm -hmm. you know, we're really thinking about the next group and things like that. So you kind of need this balance of the staff and then, you know, you see, 
you know, especially for me when I come in just for res, you know, I get to kind of work with them and see, you know, what are you guys doing well? Like, what are some opportunities for growth? And like, really even see that group make quarter steps or half steps, which they can take that momentum into the next year. So mm -hmm. love seeing the staff every year for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's so interesting to, you know, see how it changes, you know, and it's not always like a big overhaul, but you know, sometimes you get years where five or six staff, you know, have to go out and follow their careers or, or what, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's always so interesting just to see how much it changes and, people have, you know, the, their different personalities, like their different ticks and different quirks, but it's just amazing to see how it's like every year it might change, but every year it's still a very similar energy. Right. Which is just something that's totally unmatched. You know, you have that new people can come in, but you still kind of have that same, you know, same, same level of ev and energy. Oh, I could sit down with a staff member from 1980 and from 2050, and the two of us, the three of us, could sit down, and we know exactly the same. Like, there's no difference at all. Right. This place has been like this. It's going to always be okay, like this. Bye. All right, bye. Talk to you later. Um, it's just always going to be that way, you know. And that's so special to me because this is what this camp has always been like before us, and you know, after us too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the other things, and, you know, I'm sure that we'll touch on this again um, during today's episode, but the things, the the relationship thing that I had mentioned about kind of the, the volunteers and all the different volunteers that I've had, and it's so interesting with, with certain people, with certain, you know, whether it's volunteers that I've had or just people that I've met through camp, it's just so kind of wild to see how certain relationships I've had have springboarded to people into even outside camp oh, yeah. hope that because of relationships I've had with people you know in camp you know you you included that you know I'm able to kind of use that as a springboard to kind of meet more people even outside of the camp community oh for sure especially you and I yeah absolutely especially you and I you know and to, right. by, by you and I having this relationship now people that i'm just close friends with from growing up they're like well what is this arrowhead like let me come and try it or yeah you know let me do a week or let's like we would like gary and i would frequently and i say frequently all caps frequently would get chipotle and like people would come you know just from around natick and and like you said that has taken on to a life of its own yeah yeah it's pretty amazing that it's like there have been you know countless examples of people you know, maybe even bringing in friends of theirs to do, you know, a week. Like I had an experience of that two years ago where, you know, Jack Drew mentioned him again, brought in one of his best friends, Andrew Sachs, never done camp before, literally no idea what he's doing and comes in and just like put on one of the best weeks like I've ever had with, with, with a volunteer. You know, I just couldn't believe how easily that worked. And I remember, you know, at first I was like, oh, okay, you know, how's this going to work? You know, because usually my last, my most recent years at camp, I'm usually put together with, you know, kind of newer volunteers. So I kind of am used to showing people the ropes, but like, man, that, that matchup just was, was, was amazing. And what's great about that is like, I still even, you know, talk, talk with Andrew Sachs every once in a while, you know, the three of us, Jack, Andrew, and myself have this really, you know, interesting dynamic and this friendship that, 
you know, it's just so, so interesting to kind of to think, think, to think, think about that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and even the, the groups of people that like maybe will get together and, you know, go to Chipotle, whether it's, you know, different groups of people and there always are like maybe one or two people that just come along and not really arrowhead people, but then they end up doing it, you know, and that's just kind of wild. You know, and then the two of us have our really unique relationship that, you know, really kind of became solidified that summer of, I think it was 2014, right before I went off to college. And the two of us, you know, became very, very close and, um, you know, able to use that as a springboard for me to meet a bunch of, you know, your friends that at the time were your friends, but now like they're just as good as my friends. And, you know, it's just kind of amazing to think about that, you know, because of camp, I've had so many, you know, relationships and so many kind of important things that have come up. And just for the, for the viewers at home, I'm just quietly going inside and flipping, um, flipping this table that I'm working on, priming and, and, and flipping a table. All right, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got some stuff going on. Yeah, you know, we can just hang around. We got a short little break here. Um, Breath of Fresh Life. We're still going to go. Yeah, we're not going to edit this out. What are you kidding? <laughs> Andrew's still getting uh, settled in his own house. Uh, he's outside earlier not sure what's going on but i'm sure he'll be with us uh, in a few moments um, hopefully this chat is going well uh for all you guys listening okay and we're back and we are back i should have put some like you know intermission music or something like that <laughs> that's where we that's where we need to run the thing by our sponsors oh dude seriously yeah, yeah, anyone have any, like, sponsor ideas, sponsor just, like, hit, hit me up. <laughs> What's the episode sponsored by? I think just the zest. Just the zest. Oh, man. So, yeah, I think, you know, talking about the, the relationships that have popped up because of camp, you know, is kind of amazing. You know, and I'm sure that there are things that, like, I'm not even thinking of right now. Well, I love that families do it. Like, I love that it'll be, like, families and people on staff and like right. campers will have siblings that then do it as as also campers campers that will have siblings that also do it as volunteers right St you know staff will be you know they'll be helping out and like one of the campers is their like sibling i just think that's like so cool yeah yeah and that's how oh, you oh, family day yeah yeah no, absolutely i, I, no, I knew I volunteers because I was at family day and I was like this is so special I definitely want to do this because both of my um, older siblings were volunteers for four summers so wow. I, you know, because I always kind of wanted to do what they did and I really loved it you know yeah yeah family day is is such a special thing so that takes place uh, typically after day camp is wrapped up and you know everyone gets together campers come volunteers come um, you know there's a slideshow there's awards you know, volunteer of the year and all that. And it's just such a, such a great experience. It's a great way to 
you know, wrap up kind of the day camp. Oh, and you try not, you try not to cry during the slide. Oh, it's show. so hard. You do your, you do your absolute best during that slideshow to not openly sob. And depending on the year, depending on the pictures, and depending on what Coldplay song or whatever like <laughs> tucky music that just hits you in your soul is playing, you're probably gonna cry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, each staff member gets to like choose a song that's in the Correct. slideshow, right? Yeah. So you know that that's pretty special, I think. Yeah, trying to every year, at least when you're on staff, trying to find a song that is three minutes long and essentially says and puts into words or puts like melody to how special camp is is an undertaking, but it's very very worthwhile. So you'll be on the radio and you'll hear it and you're like, that's the one. Oh and yeah. Lyrics and all that stuff and you're like, yeah, that's it. I found my song. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's an exhilarating feeling. Yeah, those slideshows just are, are something else, you know, the day camp and then, you know, the res one is super special, you know, when everyone's able to watch that. Um, you know, really kind of brings people together and, you know, you look back and like, geez, you know, these are going to be the memories that, you know, I take with me. These are going to be the, the stories that we, you know, tell with each other. Oh, hey, remember that, you know, yeah. that crazy thing we did at Res. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't make sense to anyone else that's not been there. Oh, and like, it's, it, even and even in day camp too, like day camp and Res, like I know that so many of the campers and some of the volunteers, some of the staff, like they'll watch those slideshows, you know, some, some people every single day, some people once a week, sometimes once a month. And, you know, like, I have the 2012 slideshow, just oddly, not 2012, 2015, I don't know, downloaded on my computer, and every so often I'll just fire it up, and I'm, like, really missing camp, you know? And it's like, oh, I miss those times, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and even the, the, the T-shirts that everyone gets every summer, you know, the, the res ones or the day camps or just, like, any of that, and it's just, like, it's just such a great thing to have, like, kind of a piece of, you know, that particular res, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. You know, and yeah, I'll be wearing those all the time. And you and I essentially live in Arrowhead shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. remember anything wearing, you know, other shirts. <laughs> I mean, even what I'm wearing right now, you know, I'm wearing a tie-dye shirt. We make tie-dye shirts at, at Res, you know, and that's such a, a cool kind of rite of passage type thing, which is super fun. Oh, here's a thought. Here's a thought. Talking about just like res activities. If you could go and do like one thing, like what do you think is your favorite part of the residential week? Oh man, that's yeah, that's such a ridiculous question. <laughs> oh man, that's so hard because it's like a lot of the moments just kind of come naturally and they're not yeah. even just like, oh, when we did this activity or this, you know. I think, honestly, some of my favorite memories are just hanging out in front of the cabin and people throwing the football, you know, or playing music on, on a speaker or something. Um, and just kind of like that cabin time and, you know, really with the people in your cabin that whole week, you know, you're kind of bonding with them. You know, you can bring in people from anywhere, all walks of life, and you can bond with them. You know, it's like so interesting that first few hours that you're there and you get to see, okay, these are the campers, these are the, you know, the volunteers, and, like, these are the people that, like, I'm going to get close with. So, 
So let's talk about the, the cabin itself. Yes. Yeah. You and I of the four cabins that yeah. are at Rez. Each of them have their own unique style to them, but ours is just the big stinky man. That's where we, where we always we go by. <laughs> that is just kind of like you're just going to get a whole bunch of dudes in there, you know? Yeah. And, and it is – it's such a special group every year. Uh, yeah. Got so much love for my BSM boys. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you're right. There's nothing There's nothing closer than especially you to the volunteer, but then, like, the cabin itself is, like, I mean, you're literally living with one another for a week. Right. You know? Yeah. You have to make, you know, this team effort. And it's like... You just become so close by the end of it. Yeah. You know, I think if I were to choose some things that are just the, the my favorite parts of, of, of that week, you know, obviously, and this is not no joke. This is literally the first thing I do before I even do any kind of activity when I go to camp is um, there's like a, you know, winding road that connects the, the cabins and kind of the lodge down to like where the waterfront is. Um, and so the waterfront is like positioned on this big hill. And you get to look down on, on the water and kind of the swimming area. And so across the across the way from the swimming area, there is this big kind of plot of land, you know, for lack lack of a better term. Um, and it's 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 known as the landscape. And there are only a few people that truly know what what that means. Um, and kind of kind of the joke about that is we're always hoping that there's going to be some kind of crazy development happening. You know, and there never is. There's just, you know, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, you know, white chairs positioned on a hill, you know, and every year you're just like, oh, has it changed? Has it changed? And it never changes every any, like it never changes at all. But just the crazy <laughs> anticipation of like, oh my God, maybe something has changed. But who knows? We haven't been up there this year. Maybe it's changed. I don't know. Maybe they got a, you know, five-star hotel or something. Oh. <laughs> uh. And then the water down there, we're always like, all right, let's go swimming. And then it's always like eight inches of water. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is like literally the weirdest like depth of like water I think I've ever like experienced. Yeah, like, you go like, in chained, like ready to go, and then it was, <laughs> we're like up to our knees in the water. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Like there's <laughs> yeah, there is nothing like that body of water, you know. And that's a huge lake too. You know, there's a, you know, a little kind of shallow area that everyone usually goes to. And then there's, you know, the deep dock, which is kind of a little bit to the side. And, like, swimming from one end, one area to the other is, like, almost impossible. Right. <laughs> there are people that have that have attempted that. And uh, it really is not really the best idea. <laughs> Lifeguards will always be present for that. Oh, that is a for sure. Proper swim. Proper swim. But yeah, you know, all the different things, you know, the campfire is always fun, eating s'mores. Um, you know, the talent show is always fun, you know, doing a crazy, you know, act as a as a cabin and then, you know, doing individual stuff. Mm -hmm. That's always, that's always fun. The last two nights, the show, if you would, gets very out of the staff's hands and very into the camper's hands, I would say. Yeah. Typically with the talent show and then with testimonials. And I've always loved that. That like the baton, if you would, of like 
entertainment will flip from the staff to the campers. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, it is such a such a special thing that happens. Um, and it's always <laughs> one of the things I always love is uh, you know talking to the cabins and like oh you know what's our what's our cabin you know act going to be in the talent show and geez like we come up with some creative stuff. Do you want to tell the, you want to tell the volleyball story? Oh man, the volleyball story that was crazy. So, you know I don't remember much from that story, but all I remember was like that whole week we were just trying to think of stuff like no one could agree on anything or just like what like what do we do because i feel like bureaucratic red tape you know if if every year we just do the same thing you know walk into a certain song you know with our heads bowed and then we do some you know crazy dance and then leave with some somber song you know that only sam cloture would enjoy <laughs> you know one year we did the gregorian chants which is the weirdest thing ever um, yes. but then so getting back to last the that year maybe i think i think maybe it was two summers ago uh 2018 that we yeah. just could not figure out what we could do and you know we had this idea of you know everyone in the cabin just trying to keep the volleyball up for as many taps as they possibly could um and that just came together and you know me using my you know uh kind of broadcasting uh experience if you will you know, got to narrate that whole thing, and that was uh, pretty funny. And we were like, the camp Arrowhead record is like 30 hits, and we're like hitting the ball back and forth, yeah. and then it falls, and we're like, well, we're not leaving until we get it. And so we try it, it falls, and then we're finally like, <laughs> all around, it's going great. And we're finally at like 29, and we see it like touch it two more times and Jay just winds up a spike and just drives it straight to the ground. He's like pumped up. Yeah. We're like, you know what? I'll do it. We yeah. the record. Yeah, and, and and by the way, that record is totally arbitrary. Correct. Like yeah, yeah, totally yeah. made up. <laughs> but I mean, hey, there's not there's nothing funnier than, you know, people at res just kind of making up stories and they're great. <laughs> you know, like you have to have some creative juices flowing with uh you know, any of the stories that go on, you know, especially, especially like, oh man, that was, that was such a funny talent show. Cause I think that even we were trying to plan it. We're like, you know, let's take a creative break. Let's just play some volleyball during it. And like, just like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're yeah. just playing volleyball, playing, keep it up. We'll figure it out. And at the end we're like, no, this is the act. Yeah. And you know, nothing, nothing says BSM than just, you know, planning stuff on the fly. Yeah. You know, I mean, like the other cabins, yeah, whatever. They spend the whole week choreographing and, you know, dancing. And it's like, nah, like, we, we got this. We'll figure it out. Or how about our, like, our yearly outfits? Like, we always show up with, like, maybe a tie. Oh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And everyone else is, like, these, like, unbelievably, like, beautiful, coordinated, like, just such sick outfits. And we show up with, like, maybe a dress shirt. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Yeah. And it doesn't happen in any other cabin. I refuse to believe this, that just by the end of that week, everyone in our cabin just is kind of, and I don't want to say not care, but like, we'll just throw on any kind of piece of clothing. Like, who cares? You know, you look how you look, you know, yeah. no, no one's going to, no one's judging this, Yo, but it's just I, like, everyone has their, has just like these great uh, outfits that everyone's wearing. And we're just like, ah, you know, whatever. Also, the king of the outfits when it comes to residential has got to be Carson. Oh. Any variety of sunglasses, 
like construction man sweaters, hats, hard hats, straw hats. So at any moment, that kid can just do whatever he wants with that hundred acres of land. Yeah, I mean, if they, if there is, uh, you know, a, a dictionary definition of residential, I mean, big picture, Carson. Correct. I mean, it's literally just not res. If if it's not, it, it's just there's no such thing as res if you don't know who Carson is. He has so much life and soul in him. It's un- he really is the heartbeat. He's the mover. And I think, honestly, nine times out of ten, he's the person that kind of sets the tone for the event, for the day, for the group. He's definitely our, like, he's the juice. He's the juice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But then also res, like you said, like it's not always the playing groups and res because, you know, one thing like at least having spent time both at day camp and at res, when you're at day camp, you know, you're structured. Like you have to get people home by three o'clock. You have to go swimming at this time because like you have to get everything in within this this block of time. Right. Whereas res, as long as you don't miss any meals, like literally nothing else mm-hmm. matters as far as when you start a group, when you end a group, like you're really just kind of just making memories happen. And if something's going great, you can go in an extra 20 minutes over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can you can have quality time outside of the cabins. Like the girls, like sometimes will like braid each other's hair. And like the, like the outside of BSM, like a football will always be throwing and like some music and stuff like that. So it's just a very, um, just an open environment. Like yeah. no one's in any rush. It's really like the New Hampshire living too, definitely. Yeah. kind of permeates as well yeah it's very loose very you know relaxed very flexible you know and that's why like, when i'm on staff like i very much feel like you know you are like it is like a very much a vacation or like a sanctuary of places where it's like it's just there's just at res there's like no stress yeah you just slow down and like one thing for me it's like i always know when i when i go up there every summer that it's like I'll just be stress-free. I won't have to, you know, deal with anything. You know, it's great to go up there and not have to be in the internet or, you know, use any kind of technology whatsoever, and it's fine. Oh, I forgot to mention that. That's so, so important that you said that. When we go up to New Hampshire, there's no, like, like your personal cell. Like, you wouldn't get the normal text messages or maybe if you use social media. Like, there's just no access to that. It's, just, right. it's a non-starter. You can't. You know, you can't be on your phone. So that makes the days feel like, what, eight times longer, Garrett? Yeah. You feel like you're there for like a month because it's like you are you get so much quality time with other people. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's so interesting because, you know, <laughs> you just kind of almost for, forget about the outside world. You know, it's like everything pauses and you just go and – have the best time you just have no stress and it's no. crazy like the amount of times where i've come to res for for any sort of year and maybe i'm thinking about something in the back of my head it just totally dissipates and yeah. like i don't have to worry about any of that stuff at all you know it's just you know made me laugh because i just realized that you know we're, we're up there with no text or any social media any of that but then we'll go into town go to the grocery store you know, and your phone literally just explodes <laughs> with all the, like, updates that you have. It's crazy, you know. Yeah. I'll literally call my mom. I'll be like, Mom, 
I'm alive. I'm well. Yeah. Talk to you later. You know what's so weird is like only during that moment we're like we're we, we we've gone shopping we've gotten you know the stuff that we want to get and then we're just sitting you know waiting for everyone to finish and you just go through your phone who 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 the heck would be funny to call and like not not in any other context would you do that like no in no other context would you just randomly call someone at eleven thirty in the morning in the middle of the summer when like no one's awake you know like I remember one time I called you know, Sean or, or Mike, and they're just like sleeping. And then they texted me later, you know, obviously I didn't get the text until after I left res and they were like, yeah. yo, like what's going on. And then I realized like, wait, I called them at literally the worst time. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's working. No one picks up. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're just, I always think the gestures appreciate it, but at this point, my parents don't want to do, do not care. Do not <laughs> If I, you know what I do sometimes though now is I take every dude every year like Melissa's talking to the staff she's like guys we need pictures for the slideshow we take like a thousand pictures for the slideshow which means that we need like 1,500 everybody take pictures and I'm like this is the year I'm taking more pictures bro I take zero pictures <laughs> the entire week and I'm so because I just don't I never have my phone on me you know what I mean yeah, who, well, who who has their phone on them? Like, come on. But, but like, I don't understand how every year we have – I think I, that this is a maybe a bit of a side note, but, like, every staff clearly has their strengths and if they have their weaknesses. And, like, clearly one of my largest weaknesses is just not being able to understand how technology works, not having <laughs> my phone on me, and just taking zero pictures. Zero. Yeah, that's pretty – that's pretty, pretty bananas. Yeah, but but midweek I always want to send some pictures to people, and I just never have pictures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and just you know that trip to the grocery store just is always so funny. <laughs> people just spending like crazy amounts of money. Like, I'm I'm not gonna put certain people on blast, but there's certain people, and you know who they are, and they have spent like upwards of fifty dollars at this grocery store. Like, what, just, like, what are you doing? Doritos, Doritos, ramen noodles. And, uh, like, Yetis. <laughs> like, what are you doing buying a Yeti at a grocery store in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, like, so many things that happen at Res that just, like, never happen in any other context. Like, it's only something that happens at Res. It's only, like you know, inside jokes or things like that, that just like, don't make sense. Like every year, you know, we come back from Instagram, I'll post, you know, a picture with the black and white filter. I'm sure everyone, you all know what I'm talking about. You know, I'll post that with tip, tip, typically a quote of a Drake song. <laughs> and then just a bunch of 30 or 30 or 35 hashtags that just don't make any sense to anyone else. Except for people at camp, and I always get people asking me, like, "What is this? <laughs> what? What is hashtag Josh got arrested? Did he actually get arrested?" <laughs> I was like, "You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't know unless you were there." Gotta be there. Yeah, and even within that week, I'll see ten of those hashtags, and I'll have zero clue what they are. Oh yeah, because someone's laughing at them. It's just wild because it's like you will have relationships with people, but they will have no idea what, like, your inside joke with someone else is. You know, you might have conversations or a little joke with someone on staff, and someone else will have no idea, 
but it kind of also just speaks to that like relationship thing that you can have different relationships with each person and they're mm-hmm. special in, in their own in their own way right absolutely yeah any um is there like stuff that we haven't touched on yet well, I think at least just from my point of view, like just going up to residential, like, you know, I've done it as a volunteer and as a staff. And then I've done it like, um, as like maybe a guest staff, if yeah. you were just like someone who comes back and like is on the staff, but like isn't on like the core staff that like ran through the summer, but you know, I'd be on the staff for res, yeah. you know, every, and I also did it, you know, with the holding a variety of positions at Arrowhead, whether it be you know, just running the groups or maybe, you know, um, overseeing the volunteers and things like that. Um, and like every year, you know, you get such a unique, um, perspective and appreciation of the camp from, you know, all the different roles that you have. And I definitely feel like when I was, you know, starting off as a volunteer and starting off on staff, it's like, you're trying so hard to like make things happen. You're bringing a lot of energy and you're, you're trying to really find out where you fit in this, the, the, this, you know, the collection of like 60 or 70 people. And then, you know, as you know, when I was, when I found out who I was as a volunteer and what I was good at and what I liked to do, when I found out what I, you know, was strong at on staff and I was, you know, in my more secondary roles, you know, you kind of let the game come to you a little bit. You kind of sit back more and you kind of just let things kind of unfold in front of you. You're a little more patient with it. Yeah. You know? And I think that, like, so much of that is, like, everyone's trying to find what can I do to just be the best resource I can to, like, make this whole ship go in the right direction. Yeah, everyone kind of finds finds their niche, finds exactly what they're good at, you yeah. know, and then they know their strengths. You know, it's, it's wild. I've thought about this a few times when we've been talking, um, but making connections to sports and, like, how much it works so much, like, similar to how the Patriots work with like do your job and all that where everyone knows exactly what they're good at and, you know, is able to bring their own kind of unique spin to things. There is, there is zero ego on staff. Like that staff is like, Hey, if Caroline can run this group and make something big happen or like tell it, tell or get an intro that's going to really work. Like we're, all behind Caroline because like Caroline is us like she is staff at that moment you know what I mean and it's like if I you know need to clean something up in the back and I'll run to another room and clean something up while Caroline's doing it while Melissa's checking the time to make sure our, our transitions are fine while Susan's running the medicine and it's like we're all just one you know just one entity which is the staff and like that's where we're obsessed about like planning everything so we know exactly what's going to happen at most times, having our transitions nailed down, having all the supplies bought the week before, having meetings throughout the week to make sure that we're effectively communicating, having the walkie-talkies on us. Like, as much as we're these big, silly people, like, throughout the week, like, we'll have at least three meetings a day, and, like, you could hear a pin drop. You know what I mean? Like, they are, like, full-on. See, like you should see I always think about like Nick Morton during like during the day he's like goofing around like just being like the 
goofiest guy, and then we'll hit those meetings, and you would think we're, like, briefing to go to war. Like, he's, like, so laser-focused. Oh, and I always think, like, that is the responsibility of being on staff, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's so serious at some points, and then it's just, like, so goofy at others. Yeah. You know, I talked about, you know, we talked about kind of the flipping the switch of, like, when Rez really become, becomes Rez, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, like, I can see that so perfectly with Nick and the person that he is, that... You know, he can be goofy and silly, but can really kind of get down to being serious about, you know, planning things or whatever it is that's going on. Absolutely. You know, that it's like everyone can kind of have that serious thing where they're thinking about, you know, planning and whatnot, but then they can also, you know, make things as fun as they possibly can be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it has to be collaborative and like, I think one thing I realized too is like as you are getting older on staff, like you, it's not like, hey, I'm really great at running a group. Let me just do it every single time. It's like, well, then, hey, when you leave in a year, like who's going to be able to be the person to run the group? Right. Like you have to also like pass on things to people and, and teach them and put them in spots to succeed and give them good coaching and good feedback and a ton of support. Right. You know what I mean? That's all like informative to like making the whole team better. Yes, coaching and passing on the lessons that you've learned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Because, like, if you even think about it, like, when I I took over the volunteers, like, not to go off on a tangent, but, like, when I was the volunteer coordinator, like, that took me far, farther away from the action. Two years I was on staff during day camp, I would run groups and I would go to special event and get to be that person, get to be the heartbeat of camp, you know what I mean? And, and I'll always cherish those times, but when you're the volunteer coordinator, you have to sit back and put 30 people in a position where they can make winning plays. Yeah. And, you know, how are you going to coach them? What tips and tricks can you give them? What matchups between the volunteers and the campers will you make so that you are already safeguarding against, like, hey, this person's going to work really well with this person. Like, how are you going to set people up for success that way and then just coach the whole unit? Because sure. obviously you're – you're not the one doing it at that point. You're the one that's telling people how to do it. You're kind of managing talent. Right. Right. That always, you know, just kind of impressed me with anyone that's been the volunteer coordinator, you know, whether it's you, whether it's Meredith or whatever, whenever it's been whoever, you know, Ethan even, that it's just like they just have this innate ability to just kind of figure out who's going to be able to, you know, work work well with, with, with another person. Oh my god, matchups! Yeah, I mean it's 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 all it's almost crazy like how well that works. And even like there were times where it's like I would meet you know the volunteer and I'd be like oh you know not really sure how this is going to work out. And then by the end of the week, it's like okay, like this was unbelievable. You know, it was really just such a perfect matchup that worked so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matchups is. We do a whole podcast on matchups, man. <laughs> we do a whole podcast on matchups. Yeah, you seriously. You and I were matched up for a week together for me, by Ethan. Yes, yeah. We were together for a week, and then we never really just stopped. Yeah, what the, what the heck was he thinking? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was a big mistake on his end. Huge, huge mistake. <laughs> uh, he was laughing at that. We're trying to get him on the podcast. He's doing so many important good things, but one day we'll... Yes. We'll get on me and we'll, we'll get, we'll, maybe we'll see what was going through his mind when he set that match. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll strap him down. Yeah. Get, get those, <laughs> get those secrets out of him. 
We'll take them to the cleaners. Uh, just like spill all the beans. <laughs> it's an Ethan Maple tell all. Tell all. Oh man. Why did you bring Wolf Shirt Wednesday to Camp Arrowhead? Dude, whatever happened to Wednesday the Wolf? Dude, it's mystery. He was just such a tour de force. Like he was such a like a tastemaker for Arrowhead. Like oh, yeah. he would go scrubs every Tuesday, and then like everyone was wearing scrubs on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was just the man. And then like he left. We're like, wait, what are we doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like it would just not, not all of them stopped. But a lot of the trend, like the his traditions definitely stuck for sure. Yeah, man, the scrubs. Yeah, I I definitely uh, remember that long ago. I'm being an old uh, day camp person, but it's kind of crazy that, you know, I went back to talking about how, you know, just doing res is, you know, made me appreciate it that much more because it's just that one week. You know, it's not like I have a whole summer to do it. You know, with, back in the day when I was doing day camp, it would be two or three day camp weeks and then res. So it was like, okay, this is like my whole summer pretty much. And now it's just like a, only a specific part, you know, Did but, you ever- tucker down for one summer and do like six weeks in res or anything like that like a full on i don't think i ever did i think the most weeks i ever did was three yeah, well that's know. still a lot of weeks oh yeah three week, wait three weeks and res or three weeks three three weeks and res that's a that's a heavy course load i think that was the most i ever did maybe that was two or three summers in a row okay you know, typically i think you know i would do maybe the first two weeks and then do like a week like later in the summer you know, and it's like so fascinating to be there. Like maybe it was week one, and then be back there week six, and just to be like, "Whoa!" Like things have really changed. Everyone's kind of grown into their into their role. You know, Literally. week one, day one, like no one has a clue what's going on. <laughs> you're you're just hoping that the place doesn't burn down. <laughs> day, I remember my first day on staff. Day one, week one. That day, no joke felt like it began and ended in 15 minutes wow. the whole day felt like fifth i i remember i got home and i was like in disbelief of what happened i was like just trying to replay what happened in my mind i can't believe i'm on staff like this that and the third whole day 15 minutes yeah. the whole the whole first three weeks i was trying to figure out like man where do i fit into this puzzle you know what i mean yeah and it takes you, like you said, until week four, five, or six when, like, you kind of feel like you hit your groove. And, of course, you know, then you do, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's so interesting how, you know, it seems like towards the end of, you know, any any camp year, whether it's week five or six, that, like, the staff hit their stride, and then they go up to res at literally the perfect time because everyone's been together, everyone's gone through it, and it's like, okay. It's almost like, you know, day camp prepares a lot of people for res. Oh. you know gives you all that structure and then it's like okay what are you going to do with it well also i mean like you have to remember that like day camp too there's just so many more um factors and intangibles because right. the campers themselves while most campers i'd say there's like you know 94 percent of the people that do it one year will do it the next year and so on and so forth but then when there's a mix of people that new mix takes a while for the staff to adjust to as well for sure so they only have five days to get it right. Whereas for res, like we pretty much get the same exact campers that have been going for ever. So it's like, you already know what, like, like when I'm planning for res, I'm planning for 
the 30 people who have been going up there since you know the eight or however many years I've been there. So I know how to write program for them. I know how to space out a date for them. I know how to, you know, whatever. It's 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 a little more fixed. Right. But I would say the bigger factor to that is the staff locking in completely and res will essentially only take up the most dedicated volunteers because you know you're asking for eight days of somebody's life at 14 15 16 you know yeah. that's a 17 18 that's a big commitment from those volunteers so they really got to step up and really kind of hold the line for that whole week so you're going to get really really dedicated volunteers that really understand the program and uh, I think that obviously helps too a lot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I would say those those Arrowhead volunteers, especially the ones that do heavy summers and then will make their way up to res, like those are almost ent- exclusively the people that will step up and become staff. Right. They grow older. You know, yeah. it's it's almost the one hundred percent promote from within. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, outside people every so often, but more often than not, like 85% of the time, I'd say it's internal hires that were once volunteers, like your brother. Your brother volunteered and became a staff member. Right. I volunteered and became a staff member. Brenna did, so on and so forth. Yeah, pretty much, you know, almost everyone I know, you know, from camp is, has done that, you know, whether it's the, you or Ben Baptiste or, you know, the members of the other, the other group that I have, you know, Julia, Bridget, Jack, Ryan, Elizabeth, Caroline, Meredith, Julia. I really hope I didn't forget anyone. That'd be really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, someone's going to remind me. Brian McNeil writes us a strongly lettered email. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that you you have that uh, omission. I can't believe you didn't mention it. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, and that just, I mean, to me, that whole thing just goes back to another, you know, relationship building thing that, you know, that particular group of people that I just mentioned that I rattled off and, you know, Carter's in that group, you know, all of us have a group chat and, you know, all very kind of well involved in in each other's lives that, you know, we like to check in on each other every once in a while and, you know, every once in a while have, you know, wild conversations that make no sense. (laughs) <laughs> like I remember we had this conversation a few weeks ago about you know tomatoes and avocados and you know are, are they really fruits or are they not that was that was crazy <laughs> oh yeah you guys are berserk you're on your own little island oh yeah yeah everyone's got their own little thing everyone's got their own little thing yeah but it's just kind of yeah it just makes me realize that you know how special those people are and it's just because of camp you know because of i took a chance you know 10 years ago starting a camp that it was like you know is this even gonna last mm-hmm. it had such a strong imprint on me i've not told this to many people but you know that same summer when i first started arrowhead that was the first summer i started the broadcast at camp too so you know doing the arrowhead first doing that week it had such an imprint on me that i remember you know being at broadcasting camp and in my head being like oh this time of the day i would be you know doing this at camp you know we'd be swimming or doing this i'm like oh my gosh wow like i really really found a keeper what do you think what would like 
this is a little like this is a little like um cut and dry because it's so hard to put into words like the answers to this questions but like what would be some of your key takeaways from arrowhead that you know maybe you didn't get in school or at home or like specifically from arrowhead like what do you think were the big takeaways from the time you spent there i think you know it's the first thing is just kind of being comfortable with who with who i am you know and this kind of goes back to talking about being in a place with you know many other people with you know physical or intellectual disabilities that like i can feel like i'm in a like i don't feel like i'm an outsider in a group you know and i think like that was the one thing that like ever since i started Arrowhead, and obviously you know things have changed i've become more comfortable but it's just like one of the things that you know campus taught me is just kind of be yourself and be comfortable with being yourself and you know we don't have to worry about you know what other people might think and you know doing camp at such a huge time of you know starting high school and all that really kind of gave me confidence and you know the the more i did it the more confidence i grew you know and then getting to college was you know, a, a, a big step for me, but I just felt like camp helped me along the way to kind of just, just be comfortable and embrace kind of new and kind of maybe, maybe scary situations that might come up where it's like, okay, well, I'm starting college, but, you know, I felt like, oh, because I've done Arrowhead, I've been, you know, away from home for a while that, you know, it's really not that, really not that scary you know, that Arrowhead's prepared me for certain things where it's like, if I just be myself and stay true to the person that I am, that there's no reason to be, you know, nervous about doing something and trying something. Um, I think the, you know, the second big takeaway, I think from, from camp and all the years doing it is just to appreciate, you know, who you have, you know, appreciate the, appreciate everyone around you. And, you know, I think it, there was a certain point in college where, you know, I had a couple trips in the hospital and, you know, kind of made me realize that, you know, okay, I really need to start kind of appreciating everything and appreciating everyone. And, you know, just made me realize that all this can be taken away really quickly. And, you know, I need to be able to appreciate life more and appreciate, you know, the people around me and really, you know, I don't know, really just was kind of a, not like maybe kind of an epiphany type thing where it was like, you know, I really am very lucky and realize how lucky I am and the people that I have around me and, you know, the people that, that love me and I love that, you know, even in times of difficulty, I'm able to kind of rely on certain people. Um, you know, I'll talk about two years ago when, you know, we thought that we weren't going to be able to have res that summer. Um, and that was a really difficult time for me. But because of the relationships that I have with people, I was able to lean on certain people, you know, you included, you know, I was able to lean on Julia Stevens, one of my best friends that, you know, we maybe didn't have the answers to fix things, but we could just talk with each other and kind of air things out and be like, this is how we're feeling. Where do we go from here? And, you know, that was a, a really tough and kind of scary time for me. But you know, I'm so proud that I've had those relationships that I can lean on people in, you know, times of, of, of difficulty. So um, I think those are kind of the two main takeaways is just 
being comfortable with who you are and just kind of appreciating all you have around you. Well, you spoke, you spoke before I did about when this was getting canceled. You, you, you were one of the first people actually that like wrote at length about, you know, like Arrowhead's an awesome program. Like we should keep it running. It's so important that we have res. And when I saw that, you know, you know, that's what that's what drove me to, you know, speak and use my platform to try to, you know, and, you know, forward the conversation and, and you know, be a big advocate for, you know, keeping res. And, mm-hmm. you know. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't think I would have said anything if you hadn't moved first. Yeah, and I just think it was something that, you know, can't mean so much to me. It's, you know change my life truly and you know it's something where it's like something as simple as just a summer camp has become some become something so much more than just a summer camp it's a community it's a a family and it's you know pretty much my entire life you know I've thought about this many times that I don't know if I'd be sitting here you know if it wasn't for camp you know and it's made me realize you know just how special it is and you know yeah we might not be able to, to go to res this year but the relationship's that I have, you know, are still there. They're not, they're not going to go anywhere. Amen. Man. Any other questions you got? I guess, I guess maybe like, um, just talking about the game within the game, like, yeah, like Arrowhead's going, like big, like when Big Res is happening, like there's all these groups and all these events, like people will go swimming, but like you and I, like we'll almost never go swimming. Like we'll go to like, the back room and just like shoot the breeze about life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, um, maybe if you just want to talk about like just the amount of moments that you and I have at Res and like where we just have like, it should be called like dead time because we're not doing what everybody else is doing but instead it's like some of the conversations where i've learned the most about you the most about myself and like really the most about life yeah yeah i mean that's definitely such a good way to put it of you know it's really you know nap times or times where we're all just kind of chilling out but you know we'll have these really deep conversations that i think reveal a lot about each other um and i just i don't know it's just something about that you know, closeness that like, I feel so comfortable being able to kind of let loose and share a lot of different things, you know, whether it's stuff going on in, in, in my life or just kind of thoughts about anything and we're able to just kind of shoot stuff back and forth. And, you know, I think the, it just goes back to the camp relationships that camp makes it so easy for volunteers and staff to be able to relate to campers and be able to, you know, just kind of be there for them, be there to kind of be, a springboard to communicate from now not everyone at camp is is verbal but everyone has a way of communicating you know yeah. and there's nothing there's nothing more more beautiful than that you know and yeah it's just something that's always been just such a great part of camp something i always look forward to is just you know checking in on each other and how we're doing in our lives how we're doing in you know our careers and you know what we want to try to try to continue to do and you don't even know what you're going to say. Like everyone no. thinks they have all these rehearsed answers and like 
throughout life, I think you go around, you tell people a lot of things to make people. I think you say a lot of things to make people feel content or like to be, to sound like you're just fitting in with the status quo. Right. And like when you're approached by this complete stillness that is Arrowhead with, you are disconnected from technology. You are in front of people that you've spent years with and thousands of hours with. You know, you even learn a ton about yourself every single, every single week that you're up there, you know, and you kind of get there through leaning on your friends and leaning on your network of people that you trust so much. Yeah. You know, I think just going off of that and just the, the moments that we've had that I think are just so special and, you know, things that I'll, I'll hold with me, you know, two years ago after the, um, uh, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was, you know, after that last night of watching the slideshow that, you know, the two of us just kind of went to the back room and just kind of, you know, sat there and just appreciated everything. We didn't say anything. You know, both of us were, were really emotional, but just kind of sitting there and sitting in that moment and feeling it that it's like, you know, this is really, this, this is our friendship. You know, this is where it's, where, where it all started, you know, it's just, it's just kind of just amazing just to kind of sit there and, you know, just feel the, feel the moment, you know, and we've had a bunch of those, you know, I think even last year after the, maybe it was testimonials, you know, you had that really, you know, beautiful speech that you said a lot. And, you know, <laughs> for, you know, some other reasons, I was already, you know, pretty emotional that night. But, you know, it was just that speech last year just was not anything that I expected. It just kind of totally, you know, knocked me off my, knocked me on my ass, basically. Like, I'm not usually someone that, you know, is caught just not really sure what to say because usually I'm pretty talkative. I talk about pretty much everything, but it just, um, just those moments just are so special. And, you know, they're not moments that you can have anywhere else, really. Or how about two years ago when you like gave a shout out to Carter and you're like, I'm so, like, you were like, yeah. it's the brother talking about how much you loved him and how, how proud you were of him, too. Yeah. That moment that I'll always like just cherish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, it's just so amazing that like I'm able to have this such a special experience and, you know, for a while it was just kind of my thing, but being able to, you know, share it with someone else in my family, you know, has just been so, so wonderful and just so, so great to be able to kind of share that thing. And, you know, I think some people would think that, oh, you know, I have my own thing. I don't really want anyone else to, you know, be in on this. But the fact that, like, I'm able to share that with someone else just has been really special over the last few years that, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to have him on res the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and you never, and you also just, you just never know when a big, ugly cry is going to come. Oh, yeah. which is an emotion you just wouldn't expect to come from this super joyous thing but sometimes it just hits you and it's like an overwhelming joyous or like a gr of gratitude and yeah just there's there's plenty of ugly cries on the last night for sure <laughs> but you know it's expected you know it's a it's, it's a situation where it's like 
yeah, you're expected. Really, really, like the next day, no one really talks about it. Yeah, but it's like, hey, you're you're expected to cry. It's it's a lot, you know. Yeah. Like no one's looking at you, being like, you know, why are you crying? It's kind of the opposite. Why aren't you crying? What is wrong yeah, with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're like super stoic during it, we're like, yeah. <laughs> and the more you fight it, oh my god, the worse it becomes. If you just like well up and like really try to not cry. Then, my friend, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, that was kind of my problem after your after your speech a year ago, where I was just like, um, "Okay, I like was about to say something, and now I can't because I was forcing myself really hard." Because <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, like I want to, you know, say something. I want to share something." But I'm like, "Nope, we're gonna try really hard, and it did not work out very well." <laughs> One time, did I ever tell you the story about when I was like the volunteer coordinator and I had uh, Harry Nesbitt come to speak to the volunteers? And I had to like give a shout out to Harry Nesbitt before I started. And like, he's one of the parents, one of the campers, and he's just like literally the most unselfish, most loving person. Like, honestly, such a role model in my life and in so many people's lives. And I tried to say that at the moment, maybe at 18, 19 years old, after like the thousands of just like. Selfless things that he's done for myself, for the campers, for so many others, and I just started just bawling, crying because I just love the guy so much. I still do, but and I tried to, but I tried to talk through it, Garrett. I tried to talk through these like just heavy, heavy tears, and it was just Melissa was next to me. She's like, "Oh man, this is not going well." Mm. Oh, but we laugh about that now. But yeah. that was uh, that was a moment. That was a moment. So first day as your volunteer coordinator to, you know, 60 kids or so, and I'm just sobbing, talking to them. But that's one way to make a first impression. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, any, anything, anything you have on your list that we haven't gotten to? Let me take a peek. Let me take a gander. All right. Backroom res chats, check. <laughs> yeah, you check. think about the community outside of camp. Oh, and then I think, like, one thing, like, our relationship outside of camp, it's like, you and I, I, that's one thing I probably forgot to say, was that, like, you and I specifically are the, um, like, we're pretty much in the exact same age group, have the same natural interests. Like, right. Just being, like, dudes that just like sports. And, like, just being able to build that relationship out. Like we had a relationship that we were both like camp is the greatest place. We love it so much, but then also, you know, just day to day stuff. Like we just have all the same interests. So we're just like boys. And I think that helped when you met five or six of my, you know, buddies from high school who also love sports, who also, you know, love just kind of hanging around, grabbing food, shooting the breeze. And like that made it super easy for you to just like completely, become right into my you know my friend group and it became our friend group and it was like eight or nine people that you know clearly we're still really close with and you know i came and i visited you at school and we would try to do all these things together and it's like we really had a complete friendship outside of camp too that the stronger that gets the stronger you know we are at camp too it only family inform one another yeah yeah absolutely you know and i think you know 
our relationship is unique. I think every relationship I have outside of campus is unique too. Um, you know, have all these different relationships that are you know special for different different reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of crazy to think that you know none of this would be would be possible without camp. But you know, having that you know group of friends is really is really wonderful. You know, something that I'm super proud of. You know, every day I think about it. Um, yeah, just it is so interesting how you know that's kind of developed, and you know the outside relationship has you know developed into making our camp relationship a lot closer. You know, just so interesting to to think about all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's special to think about all the relationships I have, and you know, even springboarding off of the relationship I have, the relationship that I have with some of your friends that, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't really see coming with some, you know, relationship I have with, with Mike or with, with Sean or with Derek or, or Trenton, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about like how those different relationships have, have worked out. Yeah. No, it is. But yeah, you know, both dudes that like sports and like, you know, kind of weird out there TV shows. Yeah. And just like generally just like weird dudes. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> definitely into humor. Like definitely chirping each other back and forth. Oh, yeah. Bust each other's balls a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Keep it, keeping it light. Keeping it light. Gotta wet the beak. Gotta wet the beak. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one thing that would be super, I think the one thing that would be a really cool thing to explore in our relationship and like with our friends would be to figure out a way to do some type of um, trip, like some type of travel to leave the nest of like, not maybe not even mass, but like just the Metro West and to do something like yeah. coordinate. Because I think that... To, to be to be frank, that would also just take planning, which we're so poor at. But like, <laughs> if we could plan it out, I think like even if we did like a long weekend, like a three day weekend, yeah. I think we would. Um, I think that'd be very special to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, planning and then uh, you know, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing you know I wanted to touch on um, was that you know things obviously have changed, you know, things have changed with the things going on with, with COVID-19 and, you know, how many things have changed. But, you know, one of the things I've been so impressed with is Camp Arrowhead just continues to push, you know, they've been able to do a, you know, small kind of contained day camp this summer. And holy cow, that's just so impressive. You know, it's just like every time this camp is faced with some kind of obstacle, they just continue to push through, you know, and that's something that I've even, you know, done my whole life is, you know, I have things that, that slow me down, but I continue to push through it. I mean, geez, you had the, the, the fire at the lodge a couple of years ago, you just kept on pushing, you know, had res that was taken away for a period two years ago, we kept on pushing and, you know, even now you just keep on pushing and, you know, the, community just continues to be really really resilient um and i've been really impressed by that you know having carter being able to go to you know day camp and be on staff and come back and be like oh you know 
we did this and did that and we're making things work and it's like just you know it brings a smile to my face to know that like things might change you know in the in the outside world or whatever but you know that same spirit and that same energy will always always remain absolutely the campers many of them look to the staff as if they are superwoman and superman and it's the job of the staff during the camp day after the camp day during the winter when covid comes up when the when the lodge burns down to answer the call and to you know be that superwoman or superman that you know they're called to be day in and day out as a unit at the main goal of bringing you know joy to the campers and for the past however many years and however many years into the future that call will always be answered that's why those 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 staff now i mean they're they're my role models i say that to them every time i see them it's you know it's got nothing to do with age it's like that those people are answering the calls that those volunteers are answering the call the parents of the families the campers everyone is 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 genuinely answering the call and you know it just makes me really proud to be part of the community and you know that's why i orient my life the way it does because i really believe with my whole body and mind and soul that that if that place is important that place is the most important thing i've ever been a part of and probably ever will be and um i'm indefinitely proud you know Mm -hmm. and privileged to have ever interacted with that place yeah absolutely um you know we mentioned you know kind of off the air before we started um that you know obviously you know and i think we even talked about this on the show that you know today most likely would have been the day that you know we'd be all up there you know together with our whole group you know geez it's 5 10 p.m we'd probably be you know in the in in the in the dining hall getting ready to to eat you know seeing all the you know what what do we do before we first eat you know there's some kind of like you know arrowhead uh like like grace or like blessing or something where it's like some like ridiculous made up thing <laughs> is it, do they just say like the, i don't want to grow up i'm an arrow yeah. yeah like yeah like i don't want to grow up i'm an arrow <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so many things that just don't make sense to anyone else that like that's why it's so hard to explain like the the funny stories that like you can only explain it to people that have done it because otherwise people think, what the hell is this place? <laughs> um, so, okay, got a little off track there, but knowing that today would have been the day that we would all be up there, I um, spent um, the last few days putting together kind of a, a, a letter, if you will, um, kind of writing from the perspective of me to, you know, Big Res as, you know, a person, you know, that kind of expressing, you know, how much of, how much camp really means to me and, you know, all the different things that go into it. And it's like, you know, everywhere I look, there's camp, you know, I have pictures on my desk. I have a picture of myself and an old volunteer of mine, Hunter Ferreira. And, you know, that's another just example of another relationship. And, you know, then there's that picture that we have of, 
you know, me and a couple of you guys this summer of maybe it was 2016, you know, the graduation present that you guys got me. And then, you know, Derek cropped himself in there just because he had to. <laughs> um, but, you know, everywhere there's camp. And I just felt like me wanting to write a letter to Big Res and just ex express my um, appreciation for, you know, everything. So I'm going to go ahead and read that right now. Um, you know, I'll try to make it through it. Hopefully I can. Um, but yeah, just, just bear with me here. So as a post I put up a couple hours ago. So, uh, dear Big Res, I've been struggling to find the right words to express how difficult it's going to be not coming to, not coming up to see you this summer. But one thing I do know is I owe so much to you for truly changing my life. Over the previous nine summers, you've been a constant for me, and you're the one thing I look forward to all year. You've given me a place I can truly be myself and honestly forget that I have a disability. You've been a springboard to so many important relationships in my life, and words cannot express how much that means to me. Yeah, it'll be different not checking the landscape. If you know, you know. It'll be different not getting woken at 7 in the morning to blaring music. And it'll be different not putting hot sauce on absolutely everything. But those traditions and memories stay with me because of the people I share them with. And you've given me all that. You've given me all these special moments that will hold for the rest of my life. COVID-19 can take you away for a summer, but can never, ever take away the memories. I love you, and you're always in my heart. G. So I just felt like, you know, I needed to put something out there and just really express my appreciation that, yeah, we're not going to get a you know, picture with Drake lyrics at the end of every res, you know, but you can do something to remember it by. So I posted a bunch of, you know, old pictures through the years of, you know, that's kind of one of my favorite parts of res, which it's really kind of the last thing we do is we get people together for a picture. And it's something that, you know, I can look at and be like, I remember that, you know, I remember that res, you know, and even the background of my phone is uh, one of the pictures that we took, you know, at the end of last res. So, you know, I'm always... It's always there. Every every time I open my phone, every time I'm at my desk, you know, there's little reminders. And that's why we might not be there this summer, but camp's always there. Camp's always with you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think it's definitely been an emotional last, you know, 24, 48 hours or whatever. But um, yeah, I just really not sure what else I can say just other than thank you to camp and, you know, I just, you know, never imagined that you know, 10 years ago when I started that it was going to have such a, such a deep effect on me. You know, I just thought, oh, hey, this is just some silly old summer camp that, you know, I'll go to for a couple weeks in the summer and, you know, that's it. But, you know, it's taken on just such a big life of its own and I just can't even imagine where I'd be without it. It's transformed you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. Well, you know, I'm hoping that everyone listening to this, you guys, you know, got a lot out of this. And, 
you know, we're able to kind of feel like maybe we're transported back um, to camp. But I just want to say thank you to everyone listening and everyone, you know, that's made camp so special for me. Um, you know, Andrew, you included everyone in the in the group chats and, and, and all that, I think deserve definitely deserve a shout out. And I do, I do want to say one closing thought on like the Camp Arrowhead episode. If you got a second, Garrett. Yeah. So there's like a story of like when I was like three or four. Um, I was like going swimming, like my brother, and my sister, and me, and my dad took us out. My mother used to work day shifts. My dad used to take us out to like the pool. And um, there was a girl there who had Down syndrome, and about three years old. And I didn't really know what, I, what that meant. I knew that she had special needs, but I didn't really know exactly what was going on. But I remember my dad was like playing with her and like throwing the ball back and forth with her and just like being super goofy and fun with her. And um, my dad got out of the pool and he wears glasses. So he put his glasses back on and he went to say goodbye to the girl. And she didn't remember him because, you know, he, he looked different this, that, and the third. And I remember getting in the car and I was kind of asking like, you know, like, you know, I was trying to like figure out what was going on. And he's like, you know, just help people. Like, just be good to people. Just help people. And that has such a big imprinting moment in my life. And then, you know, at 14, 15, 16, 17, like, you know, being at Arrowhead, like, that was the first time in my life that I got to help other people. And, like, when you're growing up, like, you're only really thinking about yourself. You're going to your sports practice. You're going to school. You're worried about yourself and society and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I could maybe – you know, someone listening to this would not have the time to volunteer at Camp Arrowhead for a week. But like the biggest takeaway that I've ever dissolved from this life and specifically through Arrowhead is that like you are put on this earth to help other people. And a lot of people, especially during COVID are very, you know, not very happy and things like that. And to me, the quickest way to my joy and to love and to everything is to help other people love other people and celebrate other people and if you do that you do that every day you give back and you genuinely try your best you will live a more loving fulfilling life be the superman and the superwoman that other people expect you to be and you will have lived that's Love Camp Arrowhead. Yeah. Love you, Garrett. More life. Yeah. <laughs> More life. Um, so I thought that was, you know, a nice kind of sentimental stuff from each of us. Um, but I think, you know, to kind of try to, you know, have, have some fun out of it. Um, I want to take these last few minutes to just kind of share funny stories from camp that, you know, people I think would enjoy. Now, obviously, we'll keep them uh, as, you know, not trying to share everything if you catch my drift, but, you know, we can share some uh, funny stories uh, from camp. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I could have I could have shared this earlier when uh, we we're talking about talent shows, but, yeah, every year at the talent show, I'll, I'll, I'll sing something. Typically, it's a Drake song. I know that might, you know, like throw some people off people that are not camp era people listening to this like what are you talking about so last year um for the second year in a row uh, i you know sang or tried to sing god's plan uh it was difficult because there were 
what, six, seven, eight of you guys literally just in the background dancing and just doing like, you know, just messing around. And then at one point, Matt Frechette literally just lifts Carter off on his shoulders. And I'm just like, what is going on? And like, I just couldn't focus at all because it's just like, what the hell is going on behind me? <laughs> what are people doing? Just, you know, dancing or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those talent shows are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we were talking about, um, you know, the, the parts of Res that are fun that just kind of are not really planned. But there are certain events that are just awesome and just are so much fun. Um, so one of my favorite things is uh, Detective Day or whatever that is, where there's, you know, a made up, made up, made up scenario, made up crime. And one of my favorite things to do is just accuse everyone. You know, it's <laughs> my own way that, you know, I can just let loose. I can let loose of all the like anger and stress that I have from, from like my life back at home that I can just, you know, blatantly just accuse people of certain things. <laughs> You know, I've, I've blamed every single person on the staff. One year, I think I called out Susan. You know, and that that's fun. I mean, geez, you just let loose. Oh, Detective Day is always so good that we have to shelf it for a year just to let it ferment. Damn, dude, the high energy stuff. Oh, my God. Just, you know, some of those things just are so, so funny and just do not make any sense. Like... You know, another group I always think of is another group with, with Jack Drew and maybe it was Bridget Stevens, maybe it was two years ago. And you're just in a group that just didn't make any sense. I don't remember anything. It was just pink-like, you know, athletic tape and just, you know, messing around. And at one point, Jack just starts, you know, shouting at a volunteer to spell his name upside down. <laughs> and we're like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm one, of favorite, one of my favorite like ways to sum up res was like we went shopping one year uh we go shopping and like usually campers will bring 10 bucks they'll buy a few things like some i don't know just some little stuff yeah and the one thing that carson bought one year was just a, a thing of catnip <laughs> it's like the only thing that he bought <laughs> was one t- the, like that's all he wanted was one can of catnip so that's what carson bought man <laughs> That's that's that that's great. Uh, of course, that's when Machi was his volunteer. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Come on. Oh, uh, so legendary. Oh yeah, I mean, just again, you know, stories that just don't make sense. That like to a normal person, they're like, you know, okay, like, but it's like, come on, you have to be there and be like. These things don't make sense, but they're just unbelievably hilarious. You know, but even the the moments where uh, Demolay, which is the the other camp that's up there with us at the same time, I can't believe that we didn't mention them at all. But yes, you know, so they do a you know flag ceremony type thing, um, you know, out in front of some of the cabins, and you know, to to be respectful, we're you know supposed to be quiet. But there's one year where uh, Carson just was in his bag. And just was, you know, messing around, you know, laughing, doing all this crazy stuff. And 
this is in the middle of them doing their flag ceremony. We're all supposed to be silent, and we're all just kind of sitting outside the cabin. We're you know laughing because we're trying to like keep everyone quiet. And you know it's like that that classic thing where you're supposed to be quiet, but for some reason just stupid things just are so funny when you're supposed to be quiet. And so Carson, you know, just on a rampage, just in our cabin, and he just goes up to the window and starts knocking on the window from the inside. And we're like, what the hell is going on? And I just lost it. And it's like, you know what, Demolay might be doing their ceremony, but, like, I don't care. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was. That was. You know, and his little, his little, little giggle. It's one of the the one of like the funniest noises like yeah. on the earth. Yeah. Great times. Yeah, they seriously. Will will be, they will be had again. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I think that can probably wrap it up, I think, for kind of the 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 um topic of this podcast. Hoping that we can get uh, Brenda back, you know, next week or whatever, and we'll, you know, get another topic to come at you guys. But um, as always, we can close uh, the episode with a positive uh, thing that has happened and really kind of since our last episode. I think it's been a little bit. Um, but yeah, Andrew, do you want to share anything that's positive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this weekend, I got a lot of quality time with uh, Mike and Derek, some of my oldest friends, and seeing them was, you know, seeing an old friend is, is always such a treat to spend time with them and, and see where their lives are developing and, and hearing new things. And um, it felt really good being in their presence and, and, and spending some quality time with some quality people. That's great. That's that's great. That's, you know, almost that's like exactly what you want to hear with, you know, when we do these things that, you know, whether you did something or, you know, spent time with people and it truly was, you know, really, really engaging. Um, so my positive thing is um, earlier in the week, I forget which day it was, um, an old classmate of mine from Springfield College uh, reached out to me and uh, said that he is, you know, getting uh, starting a startup um, and is putting together a, a website where um, I think that he is, you know, attempting or has, you know, some type of small, you know, record company and, you know, putting together this website with that and also with kind of a section of kind of freelance journalist uh, people that can, you know, post any kind of stuff. Um, but mostly, mostly this section is, is sports. It's called a one timer takes. Uh, you can follow them, I think, on Instagram. Um, so it's all this uh, classmate of mine, uh, Chris Feldman, who's put this together and asked me to join the to to join the startup because uh, I've had some experience, you know, writing and blogging. So I'm going to start working with uh, working with that site this week. So um, really excited to get that going. I'm probably going to be writing a, an article probably starting soon tonight. Maybe I might have that out you know, tomorrow or Tuesday. So um, really looking forward to that, hoping that that can be kind of a, a new thing for me because I've kind of been, you know, not really sure where I'm going in terms of career, but, you know, hopefully that this can be something that I can get back into and really enjoy doing. So I'm looking forward to that. 
that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, geez, that probably that probably does does it for for episode seven, kind of a Arrowhead, you know, camp appreciation episode. So, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Breath Podcast, and yeah, we'll get this out to you guys so you can all listen to it. So, um, yeah, everyone have. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Have a great week. And yeah, we'll talk to you whenever.